The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Today's guest is Dr. Ed Gibbs, one of the few practitioners in Oregon who's licensed in naturopathic medicine, Chinese medicine, and chiropractic medicine. Dr. Gibbs has been practicing for 27 years. He teaches and practices natural medicine in Qigong at the Gibbs Natural Healing Center in Seaside and at the Life Qual Center in Beaverton, Oregon. Dr. Gibbs is here on Health Watch today to talk about natural home remedies, the herbs, foods, supplements, and home care techniques you can use to treat common ailments. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can call in and talk to Dr. Gibbs at 503-231-8187. Welcome to Health Watch, Dr. Ed Gibbs. Hi, thanks. Good to be here. So let let's start out with some common things that, you know, people often treat at home. Uh, and I think a good place to start w- would be with colds and flus. So what are some of the things that come to mind um, in terms of assembling a, a natural medicine cabinet to have around for the next time uh, people start feeling the, the onset of, of a respiratory problem? Sure. At the very beginning, the very first sign, if you go, hey, I, I think I might be coming down with something. Great remedy is a homeopathic remedy called aconite. And one of the keynotes on that is first sign of. So if you take it right away, and then there's other things you can do, like a ginger bath, which I can talk about, and get a good night's rest, you're probably not going to get sick. Now, assuming you didn't suddenly eat a whole bunch of sugar and everything that same day. Yeah. Because that'll knock down your immune system. So tell us, you, you mentioned a ginger bath. I'm sure most of our listeners haven't haven't used one. So what is that? And and how do you do it? Well, what you do is uh, you draw a bath as hot as you can stand. So when you get in, it kind of hurts, but not enough to scald you. You add enough ginger powder just to slightly color the yellow, either or the water either yellow or brownish. And you lie in there so that your head's floating. Now, like I'm just under six, six. So when I do it, my legs are out of the tub just about. <laughs> and, and what is the purpose of doing this? Well, what it does is it uh, actually the ginger and the heat open up your pores. A lot of toxins can leave. From Chinese medicine point of view, ginger dries dampness, and it'll warm the what we call the yang energy of the body. So that's the energy that we use to fight things. And it's a really great way, even if you're not feeling like you're sick, at the end of a real busy, stressful day, you do a ginger bath, uh, it'll just really relax you. When I do them, actually, a lot of times I fall asleep until the water gets cold, and that wakes me up. So it's interesting that you mentioned Chinese medicine and a lot of the the herbal formulas for colds, at least at the beginnings of colds, are, are formulas that promote sweating and open the pores in the idea in Chinese medicine to get the pathogen out before it is as settled in too deeply into the body. Is that is that part of what ginger's doing and the hotness of the water is doing is, is promoting yeah, that's sweating? that's what it's doing. And actually the homeopathic remedy aconite, as we both know from Chinese medicine perspective, that is the hottest herb in Chinese medicine. And that really strengthens the yang energy, which is what we use to fight things. So that's why aconite as a homeopathic remedy actually really works. So what about if we're a little farther into a cold or a, uh, or a viral uh, respiratory infection? What I, I know that there's all sorts of varieties of things, but are there some things that you would think of adding into the mix if it feels like it's taken a little more hold? 
Well, sure. If uh, the ginger bath is still always appropriate, no matter how far you are into it. Uh, but there's a thing in naturopathic medicine we call constitutional hydrotherapy. And I came up with years ago, actually when I was still in school, with a real simplified form. And I call it two hot, one cold. And we've learned about that for extremities. But you can take two hot towels. In other words, you take a big bath towel, soaking as hot as you can stand it, wring it out so it's not soppy wet, not bone dry, wrap it around your torso from the armpits on down. And you have to cover that with something that insulates when it's wet. So wool is great. One of the easiest ways to do it, if you're not allergic to wool, put a wool sweater on, hold it up and have a partner, wrap that hot towel around, drop the sweater, get the second hot towel ready. Again, wring it out, not soppy wet, not bone dry, wrap and take the first one off, wrap it all the way around, drop it. The third towel is the not-so-much-fun towel. Cold as the tap water gets, you soak that towel in there, wring it out, not soppy wet, not bone dry. Take the second hot towel off, wrap the cold one around, drop your sweater, and bundle up. You can leave that on, hopefully, for about an hour, but if you fall asleep with it on, the towel will probably be dry in the morning. And what are we trying to accomplish? What is going on with the alternating temperatures? uh, What we're doing there is we're basically... Going again back into Chinese medicine from yin and yang, but we're actually increasing in uh, the circulatory drainage of the organs. And when we help the organs, we help boost the whole immune system. So, in terms of herbs and and vitamins and minerals, you know, when I see people in my practice, the most common things people are picking up at the store are echinacea or golden seal or elderberry or zinc when they're sick, are there ones that jump out to you as things in your clinical practice of you know, 27 years that have, have uh, been particularly good herbally and in, in, in terms of supplements? Well, the ones you just mentioned would be fine. But the other thing, getting back to ginger, you, know, you can make a very, very simple tea. These are things we usually have at home. Uh, if you have something that has licorice root in it, uh, like throw coat tea would have that. You can add a little ginger powder, and we're talking maybe an eighth of a teaspoon and a pinch of cinnamon, and you add that to there, and you have three out of the five of the classic Chinese herbal formula to dispel cold and wind and dampness. And if you do that right before you go into the ginger bath, it's doubly effective. And often a lot of people have these things at home already, which is doubly good. So what about in terms of prevention? So going into the fall and in the winter, what are some of the things that we could either get to have at home or that we already have at home that could help with boosting immune function and and defending ourselves from getting sick in the first place? Well, one of the first things uh, as far as prevention goes, uh, don't run outside just even to check the mail without a coat on if the weather's cold, especially if it's rainy and damp. Because, again, in Chinese medicine, we have cold and wind and damp invade the body. Uh, so we want to protect yourself first. If it's windy... Hey, wear a hoodie. Uh, we lived on the coast for many years, and if you're living on the Oregon coast, you better have something that goes on your head. Um, so that's the first thing. Stay warm, stay dry. And, but at home, again, uh, the too hot, one cold actually boosts and strengthens the whole vitality of the body. So when you bring the vitality up, the immune system comes up, the odds of anything wanting to invade you goes down. How about in both in terms of uh, prevention and treatment, are there specific foods that uh, in terms of dietary modification or dietary emphasis that you would uh, look at particularly? Well, well, the number one thing about food, uh, if it's not organic in this day and age, uh, all I tell my patients is you're not eating organic, you're eating poison. 
with GMOs and all that, you have to eat organic food. Um, so first thing is you do that. Uh, if you want to really weaken your immune system, do a lot of sugar, do a lot of dairy, do a lot of refined carbohydrates. If you want a strong immune system, you need to avoid those. These find healthier forms of things to sweeten your food, like stevia, for instance, place of sugar. Uh, dairy products especially will create a lot of mucus in the body, so if you're getting that real uh, um, congested feeling in your sinuses, nose, uh, earaches in children, uh, one of the number one causes is definitely the dairy products and the sugar. Uh, really um, fluid-filled lungs, um, you know, mucus in lungs, again, dairy. And do you have any, are there any recipes that come to mind, any broths or, or uh, meals that you would give to somebody if, either for immune boosting or for cold treatment? Well, really good way. Uh, I personally found this helped for me a long time ago, probably around 1990. Uh, I was having a hard time breathing, uh, all congested, and I knew parsnips were a really good thing. So I asked my wife to go out and buy some parsnips, which looked like giant white carrots. And she juiced them, gave me a, a three-quarters of a juice glass full, and I wasn't feeling very good, and I kind of got on her case for why. But she said, that's all it made. And I hadn't had a vanilla shake in years. And when I drank it, it felt, oh, man, this tastes like a vanilla shake. I immediately started to breathe better. Had her go out and get more parsnips. Drank it again. Did not taste like a vanilla shake. But uh, two glasses of that, and I was breathing normally. And did you think of parsnips because it has a tradition in, in sort of folklore and health yeah, it does. remedies? Yeah, white stuff, you know, there's this thing called doctrine of signatures. So it's white. It definitely helps the lungs. Another thing you make in tea out of the strength in your lungs is the mossy stuff we hang, see hanging from all the trees here in Oregon that kind of blows down in a windstorm. You can make a tea out of that. If you really look at that closely, it kind of looks like the structure of a lung. And it's uh, got a little green tinge to it. So the green will actually help your liver, and anything in the world you can do to help your liver helps your whole immune system. In case you just tuned in, we're talking today with Dr. Ed Gibbs about natural home remedies. If you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 503-231-8187. So let's move on to another topic, Another obviously another common thing that people treat at home is cuts and bruises and insect bites. So are, what are some of the things you'd have around for a home medicine cabinet around uh, wound healing? Well, the first thing, if you do get a cut, uh, now sometimes a cut will bleed profusely, and for the very short term, seconds at least, that's a good thing because a lot of the toxins will just go out with the blood. But if you get a puncture wound, you want to try and make it bleed a little first because that will help those toxins leak. But if you have homeopathic letum, some people pronounce it letum, L-E-D-U-M, on hand, that is for any kind of puncture whether it's an insect, whether it is a uh, uh, rusty nail. Now, I'm not saying not to have your tetanus shot. That's your choice. But uh, we've used that. My son years ago was attacked by a swarm of yellow jackets and probably had about 20 bites on his body. Uh, first remedy I gave him was let him. And then we actually used a clay poultice to help also draw the toxins out. And uh, within a couple of hours, he was back to normal. And what exactly is a clay poultice? Uh, i tell you a little story. Years ago, 84, um, I was home on break from chiropractic college. My brother-in-law had a uh, boat. We were water skiing. The tow rope came out, hit me on the top of the foot. By the time they picked me up, 
My foot was twice the size. There was a cut on top. I couldn't put any pressure on it at all. When we got to shore, I noticed as my wife helped me out of the boat, I stepped in a bunch of clay. So I probably had about four inches of clay all over my foot. Within five minutes, all the pain stopped. Did it again. And then I thought, well, I'm going to try this. And I, I put pressure on it, no problem. Went to the lake, washed off all the mud. The clay was uh, healed over. No swelling, no discoloration, no anything. So clay, uh, is, that's when I became a big believer in clay. And is there a specific type of clay and a, uh, and a methodology to putting it on? Yeah, um, there's three types you can use. You can use uh, white clay from Montana, um, red clay, which they make peace pipes out of from uh, Wyoming, or French green clay. And years ago when I first found out about this, I went to the health food store. All they had was a green clay. I've been using it ever since. In fact, actually, when I was at the uh, National College of Naturopathic Medicine, I was instrumental in getting clay in the clinic because uh, I used it on the patients when I was there. That's interesting. Uh, do you ever use uh, the juice of calendula flowers in your practice? Oh, yeah. That's a big thing that I like to use and also use at home myself for, for wound healing. Well, we've used a calendula comfrey combination, and it's really good for any abrasions, takes the sting out. There is a um, Chinese herbal paste. It's called uh, Especially Effective Skin Care. It's an interesting name, but there's a red one. Uh, I unfortunately had the experience of having uh, my head uh, split open. Uh, I had a big Y cut. I thought, man, I'm going to have to butterfly this. And I took Arnica, uh, had my wife adjust me in cranial adjustments. She's a chiropractor. And, uh, but the, the flesh wound was still hurting. So I had this uh, salve. I put it on. Immediately the pain went away. I thought, I'll go by. A half hour later, I thought, I better check this. I'm going to have to butterfly this. It was 85% closed. I just put another dose of salve, never had to butterfly. Didn't need stitches. Let's talk a little bit about indigestion. So if somebody is um, overeaten or eating something that's not doing well for their digestive system at home, what are some of the things that they could potentially do for bloating or heartburn and acid reflux and other common things from indiscretions? Well, first thing is uh, watch yourself on your indiscretions. But uh, again, mint teas, spearmint, peppermint, and good old ginger tea again, really good for that. Uh, pregnant women with the normal, uh, unfortunately common, I should say, uh, problems with nausea. Ginger tea is one of the best things ever. Uh, if you haven't gathered uh, already, I'm a fan of ginger. So, you, so ginger for the, for the colds ind- and flus, but also for yeah. indigestion. Yeah, and most people have ginger. It's in your spice rack. Yeah, and a lot of the common teas that people drink after they eat, at least traditionally, are digestive teas that, right. that help, several that you've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, well, ahead. I was just going to say, like, Rubio's tea, those type of things, that actually helps with fat absorption. So you could do things like that. But the biggest thing, you know, uh, is diet. Uh, I mean, that's the foundation of who we are. And we're made up of what we eat, digest, and absorb. And um, if you don't want to be junk, think about the junk food. Yeah. So let's, just, let's say that 
people generally do think about their their diet. Let's say they, they know that dairy, for instance, is causing their heartburn, but they know that for some reason they have to eat a certain way for a given event. And so they come home and they're feeling not feeling so good. Would it be stuff like ginger or mint that you would recommend sure. for addressing I mean, the problem after the fact? Yeah. I mean, there are a number of different homeopathic remedies, but there we'd have to get a little more specific as to what's going on with that person. But uh, yeah, the things that are home. You can also use just about anything. I mean, fennel. Fennel is a really good one for your diet. Uh, if you go to think about an Indian restaurant, think about the things you're able to get to eat at an Indian restaurant. A lot of times as you're leaving the door, there's a whole little basket full of fennel seeds to help yourself to. So. And then on the other side of things, I know traditionally eating bitter foods is good to help in right. preparation for digestion. Yeah. Well, the bitter herbs, uh, any bitter foods. I mean, when we eat salads, uh, like there's, I don't know if it's arugula, but then stuck on that name. But I find it very bitter for me personally. But it's good to be in your salad because any of the bitter herbs, uh, you go, you can buy bitters. There's usually a thing called Swedish bitters you can have in your house. Um, if you take those with your diet, they help you. And we had a call off the air, which 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 you responded to the, around headaches. So maybe you can speak to um, any home remedies that are good for headaches. Yeah, a simple thing for a headache is uh, very simple. Where it hurts, rub it. Because uh, there's a lot of acupuncture points on your head. You can rub your earlobe, which is related to the head and the body. Um, you can rub the uh, just anywhere on your foot, especially around the big toe area. But there's a thing we called when I was going through school, wet sock treatment. Uh, and today they call warming socks. But you get a pair of cotton socks, soak them as cold as tap water gets, wring them out. Again, not soapy wet, but not bone dry. Put them on your feet. Put a pair of wool rag socks on, on top, and that draws the energy that's stuck up in your head downward. Uh, that's another good, useful thing for headaches. Well, one of the tricks around headaches is that there's so many causes, it would be hard to come up with a good one-home remedy for two people with a headache. Might One might be a food allergy, and one might right. be, be something entirely different. Yeah, and if you haven't hit your head and that's the reason of your headache, then it's most likely something else you're doing in your lifestyle. So are, how, how about uh, home remedies for sleeping? Uh, I know a lot of people suffer from sleeping and have uh, love-hate relationships with sleep medications. So uh, t what are some of the things that you would, you would look at in terms of having in your medicine cabinet around sleeping? Well, again, uh, it's becoming redundant here, but the ginger bath totally relaxes you. Again, it helps if there's a detoxification reason why you need that. That'll help with that. But a ginger bath is just relaxing. Uh, I get that feedback from patients all the time. Yeah, it helped this, but I felt so relaxed doing that. Uh, the other thing would be essential oils. Uh, but you want to make sure they're pure essential oils. And the thing would be to find the one that seems to seem best for you. But um, do you like mean lavender. Do you mean essential oils in the bath? They could be in the bath. They can be just on your body. Again, earlobe is a good place to place them, especially behind the earlobe, uh, bottom of the feet, a uh, really good area for absorption. Lavender is a really nice one to be relaxing. Uh, some people even have little sachets with essential oils spread on a piece of cloth and have it on their pillow or under the pillow. So they would be good things. The other thing about uh, sleep is uh, how is your bed? Is it too hard, too soft? Uh, what is your sleeping position? If you sleep on your stomach, 
uh, it's going to be tough because uh, as a chiropractor, for sure, that's not what we want to see because it puts a, a twist in the neck. And I'll put a lot of pressure at the base of the skull, and that'll not be okay for sleep. And so what is considered the ideal position then? I kind of like to – the first thing is what makes you comfortable, especially if you're having an injury and you have pain. Whatever position you get into where you don't have the pain, that's the best position. But generally, I like to see people sleeping on their sides. But the pillow has to be thick enough so basically if you're sitting upright and your head was straight, it's got to be wide enough to go from the side of your head to your end of your shoulder. Now, that would be too thick if you're lying on your back because then you would lose the natural curve in your neck. So what about vitamins and, and minerals? Are, where, where do you fall in their usefulness in, in home care and home remedies? And are there specific ones that you find particularly versatile if you use them at all? Well, obviously for anything, the good old vitamin C. Uh, vitamin E, again, getting back to cuts and scrapes, we could put vitamin E on that. That will speed up the healing. It's really good to put on a scar. If you do that daily for a long period of time, that scar will soften up and it will change. Um, all the minerals, again, calcium is a thing that helps relax you, helps calm you down. Um, but I like to look at those things through uh, different uh, homeopathic cell salts. The way you know a uh, homeopathic remedy is cell salts, usually in the health food store, you're going to see the potency as a 6X. So uh, MAGFOS uh, is a really good thing, especially people sometimes have a problem with sleeping because they have uh, cramps in their legs. Uh, there's two things with that. One, being tall, even with a king-size bed and a size 15 shoe. Uh, if I'm on my back the uh, and the uh, blankets are tucked in at the end, uh, that was a solution to my leg cramps at night, just pulling the covers out. You can ask my wife every night. I pull the end of the covers out because she makes the bed every morning. Uh, so that's one thing. But MAGFOS, you take that, you take four of those, you put it in a little bit of warm water. Learned from one of our teachers in school, Dr. Dev. And it makes the, that particular home, uh, homeopathic remedy more absorbable, more effective. Uh, great thing for spasms, which could affect your sleep. And is that superior in your mind to taking a highly absorbable magnesium supplement? Yes. Uh, the body, because the homeopathic potentization, recognizes that more readily than it will uh, a lot of magnesium, a lot of magnesium. Sometimes the body looks at really large amounts of vitamins and minerals as not vitamins and not nutrients, but as a drug-like effect. So when you have it in a small amount, but a potentized amount, which means the body's really recognizing it. Are there any good books on home remedies that you know of or ones that you've you've gone back to that you'd recommend or is this mostly stuff you've you've picked up through the years well, stuff i picked up through the years but a lot of things uh, uh, like the clay there's a book called our earth our cure um, that's a great book on uh, clay and other things simple herbal remedies but my favorite book that i recommend to patients is healing with whole foods and uh, it's a thick book uh, it's actually written for the layperson, but from a Chinese medicine perspective. Um, it's the only book, actually, that I recommend people buy. Not that I'm against them buying other ones, but that's one I'm always recommending. And that's obviously a good one to treat almost any illness is by looking at nutrition as one of the methods towards uh, approaching it. Right. And what's nice, it also has some recipes and things in the back. But it'll talk about the energy of the food, like sugar's energy is cold and damp. Dairy is cool and damp. Fine carbohydrates are cool and damp. And greasy things are hot and damp. 
Well, damp conditions re- can result, in, we know from Chinese medicine point of view, heart disease, tumors, uh, clogging in the arteries. In Chinese medicine, we call phlegm, which is congealed dampness. So if you look at the average American diet, um, those are the big things. And look at the average American. We're having a lot of problem with dampness. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and, and um, I know at least one of our listeners was hoping for this to be much longer. But let's give some contact information on, uh, on if people wanted to find out more about your practice, um, mm-hmm. if, if you had a website or uh, no, We do other have a website. It's called, it's uh, real simple, gibbsnhc.com. So G-I-B-B-S-N-H-C.com. And we're located here in the Portland metro area in Beaverton at the Life Call Center which is an integrative center uh, for natural healing. And I'm also on the coast at Gibbs Natural Healing Center in Seaside. And do you do the same thing at both of those practices? Yeah. And I actually use uh, everything on every patient, just about every visit, whether it's chiropractic or naturopathic medicine or Chinese medicine, I integrate it. Is that what you mean by integrative medicine then, that you're, you're taking all these disciplines that you've studied and, and synthesizing them in your own way? Oh, yeah, that's what I do. But also integrative medicine would include working with other professionals have other expertise. Like uh, my daughter is an athlete. She was injured uh, right next door to us in Beaverton as a, um, a medical center where they have PTs. And we, ha- we had their look at her. Okay. So, uh, and also if you call me at 503-522-4148, uh, that'll work for either office. Okay, great. Well, it was a pleasure having you on Health Watch, uh, Dr. Gibbs. It was good Gibbs. to be here. Thank you. So we're talking today with Dr. Ed Gibbs about natural home remedies, the herbs, foods, supplements, and home care techniques you can use to treat common ailments. If you missed part of today's program, uh, eventually you'll be able to go to kbo.fm slash healthwatch and listen to it archived. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday morning radio zine.